If that does not get you ready for church on a Sunday morning, I don't know what to tell you. My name is Chris. I'm the impact pastor for our middle and high school students. And I'm so excited and so pumped up and just, I love the Avengers. I'm so excited to be here with y'all talking about it today. And first, just to kind of get a gauge of the room here, superhero fans. All right, so I, yeah, I hear it. I love it. What I want you guys to do, say that for one second because I want y'all to shout it out, okay? I want you to tell me your favorite superhero on the count of three, okay? And if you don't know any superheroes, you can just uh, mumble along and act like you do, okay? You guys ready? If you're at home watching online, please play along, shout so the people sleep in the room next to you will wake up, okay? On the count of three, favorite superhero. You guys ready? One, two, three. That is fantastic. Wow. I tried this on Thursday and I almost left the stage. So guys are great. Hey, listen, I heard Dr. Strange. I heard Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Black Panther, Spider-Man, Black Widow, right? We got the core four, the original Avengers. We're talking about Thor, Hulk, Smash, the legend himself, Captain America. And then I am... Iron Man. Y'all, Marvel's Infinity War, the 19th movie out of 23 of them, everything led to this point in time. Hey, y'all, and when it came, it absolutely crushed records in the box office. Got some numbers for you. It was the highest opening weekend ever with over $640.5 million worldwide. It was the fastest to ever gross $1 billion. It took only 11 days. And to gross $1.5 billion, it took only 18 days. All right, and for any DC fans in here, I'm a, super, I'm a Superman fan too, I'm, but, but Marvel's a little bit better with this. And ju just a, a stat for you, this was the highest grossing superhero movie ever with over $2.05 billion. Y'all was a hit. It was an unbelievable movie. Actually, these numbers stayed until last uh, spring, and the new Marvel movie came out. In game, But we're talking about this one today, an unbelievable movie. You've got all these superheroes that y'all just mentioned and we talked about. They have to team up. They have to come together. Because they're going against this really big, 8-foot-1, 985-pound purple titan. His name is Thanos. You might think somebody really big, you might think, I love you, you love me, we're happy. No, not Barney, okay? This guy was the exact opposite of Barney. He wanted to bring balance to the universe. And in his mind, for Thanos, he said, to bring balance, that would mean I have to destroy all of life, especially here on Earth. So the Avengers have to do everything they can to come together to fight as one and to try and stop Thanos from doing that. Oh, and by the way, there's these things called these Infinity Stones. There's six of them. And if Thanos got all six Infinity Stones, he'd be unstoppable. He could actually destroy life as we know it, including us here on Earth, with a single snap of his fingers. So throughout this whole movie, you see the Avengers fighting together, coming together as a team, and they have to try and stop Thanos from getting these six Infinity Stones. This first clip we're going to see is what happens when Thor meets up with the Guardians of the Galaxy. They tell him all about Thanos, and they try and come up with a plan to try and slow this guy down. Y'all check it out. Don't you, wouldn't it be so funny if Kevin Bacon became an Avenger? I think that would... <laughs> Just be hilarious. You got Rocket up there, the raccoon really, for some reason Thor calls him a rabbit the whole time. But man, it's hilarious, I love it. So what happens here in this clip? We see the Avengers, they're in a tight spot and they're trying to figure out what to do to stop Thanos. Thor and Rocket the raccoon, not Rocky the raccoon, Beagles fans, but Rocket and then 
I am Groot, a tree, they decide to go and create this weapon that is the Thanos-killing kind of weapon. The rest of the Guardians say they're going to go and try and prevent this last stone from being taken. So this movie, you guys, it's the beginning of it. Throughout the movie, you'll see, unfortunately for us, stone after stone after stone start to be taken by Thanos. Thanos doesn't have one stone anymore. He gets that stone at nowhere. Then he gets another one and another one and another one. And finally, there's only one stone left. And that's, that's the Mind Stone. That's actually on this guy by the name of Vision, who's a superhero. So we're going to go to the last battle of the movie here. And the Avengers are fighting with everything they have, trying to fight together to protect this final stone and not let Thanos get it. It's in Vision. It's right here in his forehead. And you see the Avengers fighting as hard as they possibly can to try and protect Thanos from getting that stone. Y'all check this out because it's going to get pretty crazy. I just love the music in this movie. It makes me feel like I could go and like, I don't know, run a marathon or try and climb a mountain or maybe even cook or do yard work or something that I just cannot do. Okay. I think it's fantastic though. But you see here, you got Cap fighting back to back with Thor. You got Winter Soldier Bucky. He picks up Rocket and they're in a circle firing everybody with guns. You got all these Avengers doing everything they possibly can to try and fight together as one. You see that last part there where uh, Maximoff goes down, and you got Black Widow down there, and you got Okoye down there, and they're all fighting. And what does Thanos' goblin-looking creature say to her? She says, you're going you're gonna to die alone. No, I'm, she's not alone. I'm there with her. I got, her. I got this fight with her. I'm for her. We're going to overcome this together. Y'all, Vision's in the tight spot, though. Vision's down there, and he's getting his tail whooped up a little bit. And we're going to see what happens here with Vision in the conclusion in our final scene here from Infinity War. Check this out. I don't even think it's fair. I just want to watch the rest of the movie. So. <laughs> I got to talk after that. Okay, here we go. All right, so Captain America comes, tries to save the day. And what happens? Vision comes back and helps him out. When Cap said, get out of here, go. You got the Infinity Stone. You got to protect yourself. Vision tells him, hey, we don't, try, we don't trade lives, Captain. We're in this together. Regardless, if you have the stone or I have the stone, we are fighting as one, as one team. Same thing with Black Widow and Okoye and Maximoff. You saw like that Kid Summit looking slime that she got in her face after that one enemy was destroyed. Y'all, I'm not going to tell you what happens at the end of Infinity War. You got to go home and watch it. It's an unbelievable movie, and the sequel is even better. But the one thing we can tell from these clips and from this movie and where we're going today is the Avengers, regardless of what they were facing, regardless of what was ahead of them, regardless if they were going to win or they were going to lose or they were going to have a draw, they were in their fight together. They were a team through thick and thin. Regardless of what happened, it wasn't the Avenger. It was the Avengers. And they were going to do everything they could to fight together as one. Now, I know for all of us right now, we probably came in these doors or we're watching online or from the app, and we're stuck in some sort of a fight right now. If we're honest, we're all in some sort of a fight. It's probably not the eight-foot-one Thanos kind that's walking around snapping fingers like he's singing a song. That would be bad for everybody. But for a lot of us, we have some sort of fight that's just tough and it's draining us. It could be our marriage, and it could be the fact that we can't get over what she said or you can't get over what he did. And you're trying to move on, but it's just so hard to do. It could be parenting. Y'all, my wife and I, it's like every night, 7.30 comes around, we try and get our little girl Iris, our two-year-old, to bed. And I'll tell you what, it is a fight every night to brush her teeth. 
Y'all have any advice, any pointers? We'd love it because it's, I, I don't know what happens. All of a sudden, her smile turns into upside down, and she locks her lips and just slides out of my lap, and it's just a war every time. Maybe, maybe for you, your parenting battles with your teenagers and trying to figure out how to even communicate with them and have them listen with you. Maybe for you, it's not parenting. Maybe for you, the fight that you and your husband are in are trying to have kids. Or, fellas, maybe she's pregnant. And trust me, she's right. <laughs> it's not worth fighting for that, okay? Hey, maybe your fight right now is, is a health situation. Maybe it's a diagnosis you just got from the doctor. Or maybe it's something your wife got, or your dad got, or your best friend got. And now it's like the future that y'all had and the plans you had all of a sudden just come into jeopardy. And you don't know what to do. Maybe your fight's your job. And you're in a place right now where you're getting an income, you're getting a paycheck, but you're not appreciated. You're not respected. You feel like it's just not where you're supposed to be right now. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's relationship problems. Maybe it's the way you see yourself in the mirror every morning. You have so much anxiety, so much stress, depression. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe your fight is your future. For our seniors who just graduated, it, it breaks my heart for them, but as soon as they graduate, hey, what are you doing for the rest of your life? Uh, I, I don't know. I think I'm taking classes next, but I'm not sure about everything else. Guys, we're all in a fight somehow, some way. And the reality is for all of us, whether you follow Jesus and you've been following him for 10 years, or you've been following him for 10 days, y'all, we all need a team to help us when we get in that fight. We need a team to rely on when the fight comes in life. Hey, and uh, Jesus followers in here are watching online. Y'all, that's not a question for us. We were actually made and created, and Jesus himself modeled what it looked like to lead a team and to have a team. They weren't the, the 12 Avengers. That'd be really cool. You'd probably listen a lot more when you're kids, but they were the 12 disciples. And we're going to see how that meant so much to us today in terms of our relationships and the teams we have in our life. Hey, and if you're here or you're watching from home and you're really not sure about Jesus or about God and you're still trying to figure some things out, what we're going to talk about today is for you too. Because nobody wants to go through life on your own, especially when you don't have to. It's just so much tougher because the fight's always going to be there. Hey, and we're going to jump to Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes. And this guy by the name of Solomon, he was the king of Israel. He was one of the wealthiest and one of the wisest rulers ever. Solomon, who had thousands and thousands of people in his own kingdom who looked up to him, who relied on him, who trusted him, who looked to him. Solomon says, dude, you've got to have a team of people around you. If you don't have a team in your life to help you fight your battles, you're going to be in a bad, bad, bad spot. We're going to check out this verse, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Verses 9 through 10. Solomon says this. He says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other one can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in some serious, real, dire, bad, bad, bad trouble. Somebody who falls alone, I always think of um, Ralphie's little brother from Christmas Story. <laughs> he puts upon layer upon layer upon layer of clothes. His mom makes him go out. And he falls out there, and you see him, oh, 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 trying to get up. He can't get up, and here comes Sid Farkas just to ruin his day, right? Y'all, some of us right now, we might be on the ground by ourselves. We don't have anybody to help us up right now. And that's not how it's meant to be. We need to have people who can give us a hand and, and lift us. And Solomon keeps going. He says this in verse 12. He says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Just like Cap, just like Thor, 
back to back. They see what's coming this way. They see what's coming this way. They're ready over here. Oh, they're, they're alert over here. Yeah, okay, this might come soon. All right, I'm going to handle this. I've got somebody having my back here. We're going to be okay. And he finished the psalm and says, three or even better for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. You know, this blew my mind a couple weeks ago. We're coming back from Big Stuff, which is our big high school only summer camp down in Panama City Beach, Florida. And we're going to talk more about that in a little bit. But on the junior and senior bus, we had juniors and seniors braiding friendship bracelets. And I was like, didn't those things go out of style like in the 80s? And they're still here. A lot of you guys probably remember them. Some of y'all probably had them. Back then, guys were like, no, I don't wear no friendship bracelet. Or at least I didn't really wear it. I was trying to be macho. But now it's like, it's, it's a cool thing. Everybody wears them. And I asked one of our students about it. I said, well, what's up with these friendship bracelets? Like, why are you guys doing this? They said, well, we, we like to braid it, and we do different colors and different strands. And the more strands, the more braids, the stronger it is. I said, oh, so you couldn't just do, like, one thing? They looked at me like I was crazy. No, it would snap, it'd break, it'd be lame. That's what the kids say, it'd be lame. Okay. So they have several things together, woven one after one after one after one to make it stronger. Y'all, in us as teams, we are so much stronger when we are together. Hey, and if, if you're sitting out here and you're like, well, I'm not really sure about who my team is, hold on, hold on, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna get there in a second. But if you're going through life on your own, by yourself, as one single braid or one single strand or one single cord right now, y'all, the fight is going to be real. The thing you're struggling with right now is going to be tough. And unfortunately, it's not going to go away. We've got to have some other people that can provide some additional support and help. Hey, Jesus modeled this exact thing for us. Jesus himself. You know what's really cool is that today we are able to worship and able to come together in a church because of what Jesus did, and really because of his leadership style. Check this, Jesus had his team. He had his disciples. And if it wouldn't have been for Jesus' disciples and him literally leaving the disciples the greatest mission, the greatest purpose of the church, we wouldn't be here. In other words, Jesus said, I'm going to heaven. It's your job to go and spread the good news about who I am, about my life, my death, my, my resurrection. If it wouldn't have been for the disciples, the teamwork that they had the fact that they relied on each other and stood back to back and fought together. Man, and they were persecuted together. If they wouldn't have had each other, we wouldn't be here today. The power of team. It's awesome. But Jesus stresses it throughout, throughout his life to his disciples and his ministry. And this is early on, Mark chapter 6, when he first starts growing his disciples. And this is how he, uh, how he teaches them, how he sends them out. Jesus goes from village to village. He's teaching the people. And he called his 12 disciples together. And he begins to send them out two by two. Pairs. Nobody going by themselves. And back then it was extremely important that they had somebody else with them because if it was just one person, they wouldn't really trust them. Had to be a valid witness so you had somebody to back you up. But y'all to encourage, to help, to support, to be there for them. I started thinking about pairs and uh, <laughs> pairs that drive me insane in my life. One is a pair of socks and stay with me on this, okay, a pair of socks. I don't know why, but every time my wife and I, we do laundry, it's like we lose at least three socks. And we've got three individual socks by themselves. And it is so frustrating because you see one sock by itself, there's really nothing you can do with it. 
you're wearing jeans, maybe you could wear it and get away with it. But our little girls, they have to have matching socks. It's useless to have one sock on its own. The pair is so important. Hey, and fellas, the other thing I'm going to tell you about is Tupperware. <laughs> yes. You know, I was shocked the other day. We went to the store and bought more Tupperware, and I promised that would never happen again in our marriage. But I love you, Whit. Um, isn't it just like every time you open the cabinet where the Tupperware is, and usually it's up high. I don't know why we do this, but it's up high, so it's just like waiting to fall right on top of you. And then you got to find the right lid, the right lid, you know, to match this bottom. He has to have a red with a clear bottom and a blue with a brown bottom. I'm like, what in the world is all this? But y'all, if you take socks or you take Tupperware, and if you break them up where they are by themselves, they are completely useless. Sometimes people try and put like aluminum foil over Tupperware. I'm like, yeah, that's it. I love my mom. She'll, she'll help with that sometimes. But y'all, as socks, as Tupperware, us as human beings, we were created not to do life by ourselves because a fight's going to come. I'm not saying we're useless when we're by ourselves. Y'all, but we have such a tougher fight. We were not created to do that and to live this way whatsoever. So maybe you're sitting out here and you're like, okay, all right, um, let me think about my team. Let me think about people in my life. Okay, what, what kind of people do I need? Nick Fury was the guy who created the shield. He created the Avenger movement. And he was the one who brought the big four of the Hulk and Thor and Captain America and Iron Man. So I said, all right, we got a big four of things that we need to have in our team right now. I want y'all to be thinking about who might be on your team, who are the people in your life, husband, wife, small group, friends, people you work with, people you play fantasy football with, people you play softball with, whoever your core four is, just think about those people. We got four things that are so important to have on your team. The first thing for people on your team in life, you gotta have trust. You've gotta have people that you can absolutely trust to be there for you, to help when you need it. You can call them, you can text them. If there is a life situation going on right now and your car is broken down, person that you can trust to be there and help. Trust is one of the most foundational things you can have in a relationship. And it's the same thing with our team. You gotta have people on your team that you trust. Secondly, you gotta have somebody that provides a lot of encouragement, y'all. Because hey, we all had those Eeyore types of days. Oh, bother. And those are tough. And if you don't have people on your team who are like, hey, come on, I got you. It's going to get better. I know your marriage is it's not in the best place. I know work is tough. I know the news you just got from the doctor, man, that stinks. I know you're getting ready to move and you got so many things going on. And, and, and I know the Tar Heels just lost, but we're going to win it next year, right? It's going to get better. You got to have people that can encourage you and say, hey, you know what? Another big thing for encouragement, maybe isn't even saying the best words. Maybe you have people on your team who just come and just sit with you. It's like, you know what? You're sad. I'm going to come sit with you right there and just be here for you. Encouragement is huge. Next, you got to have acceptance. you got to have people on your team who can accept you for being you. You can't have people on your team who you have to be fake around. And I'm talking about people, you know, we probably all have friends or people that you work with or people you know in life who it's just so hard to be around them. Like, you got to act a different way when you're around these people. And it's just very, very draining and it's exhausting and it's tiring. You need to have people on your team who you can be 100% yourself with and you can be real with. And you know, hey, they're going to accept me because they love me for me. And they care about who I am. I don't have to put on a front or do anything different whatsoever. Acceptance is so big. Hey, and also on teams, we all have different abilities and traits. Just like the Avengers, Hulk, Smash, Thor, I guess from space, right? Captain America, the leader, Iron Man, 
brains, and he kind of just blew up everything that he wanted to, right? So you all have to have these different types of abilities, and acceptance is huge on a team. And lastly, you got to have people on your team that will make you better. This could be the toughest one. Because you know we all want to have people in our life who tell us exactly what we want to hear. But sometimes the most important people in our lives are people who tell us what we need to hear. And that's what we need in our team. People who care so much about us that they'll actually tell us, hey, you know what? I don't know if it's the best decision. I know it's what you want to do, but I don't know if that's really the wisest thing. We need people on our teams that are going to make us better and challenge us. Uh, two weeks, I think it was two weeks ago, it's, it's a blur. Uh, we got back from big stuff, which I told you was our big high school-only camp. We got a middle school camp coming up into this summer. Big stuff, 12-hour, supposed to be a 12-hour ride, down to Panama City Beach, Florida, with 148 high school students and leaders. And, y'all, we had a time down there. But I'm going to be honest, it was a fight. It was a battle. Maybe some of y'all saw on social media, we had some travel problems. You know, on our first stop, 3 a.m. on Monday morning, we stopped at a rest stop, and one of the parts, and one of the buses was messed up. And I'm not really good with cars or yards or anything like that, but it was like a $4 tube that had to be replaced. $4. And it took about four hours for a mechanic to come and fix it. So we're sitting at a rest stop, and we're trying to make things work. And our leaders, man, they were fantastic. They were so encouraging. They talked to the kids. They played games with the kids. They keep the kids encouraged. We ended up going and getting some food on a couple of the other buses. And the leaders stayed so strong throughout the whole thing. When we get to camp, man, camp was a great time. We had an incredible experience. But y'all, was double red flags down there in Panama City Beach, Florida. Double red flags means do not touch your foot in that water. If you do, you could actually be arrested because the rip and the tide and the current was so rough then. So again, our leaders have to say, hey guys, I know you can't go swimming. I'm so sorry, but we got the pool. We got basketball. We got volleyball. We got all these other things going on right now. You got to stay encouraged. Let's, let's, let's move through it. And then even better, on the way back, we get ready to leave. And one of our students, man, he, he's not feeling good. And he gets sick right after late night worship on Thursday. And we're delayed leaving because we're trying to be sure that he's okay and he's in a good place. So on the way back, we hit Charlotte traffic with three charter buses. And I just hear the collective oh, groan of everybody who's ever sat in some Charlotte traffic, which starts like in Kannapolis and maybe even Salisbury some days. Yeah, but the one thing throughout everything, that whole week down there, you don't hear kids talking about the traffic problems or kids getting sun poisoning, which happened, or ear infections. You don't hear them talking about, man, the buses that broke down and the battle that it was. They talked about how much fun they had. And one of the, be the biggest reasons why it was so much fun is this, these leaders right here. You can check out these leaders. Yeah, absolutely. Give it up for them, man. For sure. Hey, and if... If you are an impact leader, you're watching. I'm so sorry, but I did the crazy funniest picture because it's a youth trip, right? So hopefully you're not embarrassed by this picture. But, y'all, it wouldn't have been possible without this team. And we had 18 baptisms. We celebrated it last week. We had four people come to know Jesus for the first time ever. You talk about what can happen when teams come together. If we would have fought as individuals at camp, it wouldn't have been good. We would have been tired. We would have been probably exhausted. We probably needed people to help us up because we'd be struggling. But 
So I want to leave you with this. When we look at what's so important on a team, having people you can trust, having people that provide encouragement for you, having people that will accept you as you are, having people that make you better. Two things I want to ask you. First, who's that for you? Who's on your team? And even better than just who's on your team, right? How are you going to let this team, how are you going to let your people, your crew, your Avengers, how are you going to let them help you with your fight this week? Because we all walked in here with something. We're all wrestling with something. How are you going to let your team help you with your fight? Because you might be like, yeah, I know who my team is exactly. Yep, I got it. Good. Okay, well, next step for you, how are you going to let them help you with your fight so you're not fighting alone? Because, y'all, we're not made to fight alone. We're made for team working with others. Hey, and secondly, my next question for you is this. This is for everybody. If you're still trying to figure out your team, if you know who your team is exactly, if you're trying to roll solo for some reason still out there, say, I don't need any help. It's going to be a tough journey. Second question for you is this. How can you be a better teammate this week? How can you help the people in your life? How can you help the people and encourage the people and accept the people and provide trust and make the people on your own team better this week? Because just like you're facing something, they're dealing with stuff too. It's on us, y'all, to help each other, to stand next to each other, to be with each other. Because you know what's so cool about it? Even superheroes, even the Avengers had to have teammates. We had to do the same thing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your son Jesus and the example he set for us to lean on each other, to rely on each other, to trust each other. Thank you for the team that was the disciples, the fact that we're able to follow you today because of what they did together as a team. I pray for everybody out here this morning, people who are watching online, who are still trying to figure out who their team is. I pray for those who know exactly who their team is. I pray, Lord, that we can help each other as teammates and realize that we're not fighting our battles by ourselves. God, we're so much stronger when we're together. And pray, Lord, that we can take a huge step towards that right now this morning. It's in your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen.